Thank you, Jesus. Yes, Lord, only you can steal. My soul says this beautiful morning. Lord, I come into your gates with thanksgiving. I come into your courts with praises this morning. I say thank you for a brand new day. Thank you for the rising sun. Thank you because it is proved that you are a faithful God. I thank you because you are faithful. I thank you because you are the God that keeps covenant. Scripture says you watch over your covenants to perform them. Thank you because you are a merciful God. Yes, Lord, you keep your mercies for a thousand generations of those who love you. Thank you for your love that is shed, poured out upon us again this morning. Thank you because of your love you gave us, Jesus. Because of your love, you give us the Holy Spirit. Lord, we are grateful this morning. Receive all the thanks. Thank you for the gift of life this morning. Thank you for the breath in our nostrils. Thank you for our vocal cords to be able to speak and then for our ears to hear your word this morning. Lord, we say thank you. We worship you as the one who provides Jehovah Jireh. We worship you as the one who is our shepherd, the bishop of our souls, Jehovah Roy. Be magnified, O God, forevermore in the precious name of Jesus. Lord, as we read our Bibles again this morning, we ask, Lord, once again for your wisdom. We ask that we will get discretion from your word. And that in everything, your name will be glorified in our lives. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. Amen. All right, let me say a big welcome to everyone joining into devotion this morning. I am Murphy Ayenike. We continue our reading, commentary, and study of the book of Matthew. We're going to be doing that for the whole of the new testament a big welcome to everyone this morning especially those joining us for the first time i hope that you will find this devotional you will find this podcast helpful and if it is uh, please share it with someone share it with someone and it will bless them so we read matthew we read matthew chapter 20 yesterday 19 and 20 Today we will take on Matthew chapter 21, Jesus' triumphant entry into Jerusalem. We know, having done our Ammonite study, that Jesus goes all the way from Nazareth and then on from Galilee, Judea, and until he finds himself in Jerusalem. So now that we are in Matthew chapter 21, we actually know that this is about a week a week before Jesus, before Jesus is, is crucified. So his triumphant entry into Jerusalem and then the several parables he shares with the people in this chapter, the parable of the two sons. What, what can we learn from them? Let's read this morning. 
as Jesus and his disciples approached Jerusalem, they came to the town of Bethphage, Bethphage on the Mount of Olives. Jesus sent two of them on ahead. Go into the village over there, he said. As soon as you enter it, you will see a donkey tied there, which is caught beside it. Untie them and bring them to me. If anyone asks what, what you are doing, just say the Lord needs them, and he will immediately let you take them. In other words, you will have them. Um, he, will, he, will let you, he will immediately let you take them. Um, I think the parallel says that they will return it as soon as the Lord finishes in it. But I wanted to point out, so how did Jesus know where the donkey is tied? Even knew that while they were going to untie the donkey, somebody was going to question them and then give them the answer. This is what we call the gift of the word of wisdom. The word of wisdom speaks about something in the future and gives instruction on on how to get it, okay? Or what to do. The word of knowledge is about something in the past. Gives you an information about something in the past, helping you match into the future, okay? So, two very powerful gifts. Many times you see Jesus using using both. Uh, yes, the gift of the word of wisdom, the gift of the word of, of knowledge, and then, of course, the last one is the gift of the discerning of spirits. We call this the revelational gifts, okay? When we study spiritual gifts. It says, and he will immediately let you take them. This took place to fulfill the prophecy that said, tell the people of Jerusalem, look, your king, your king is coming to you. Okay? So, I think there are manuscripts that says, tell the daughters of Zion, okay, or the daughters of Jerusalem, the daughters of Zion, look, your king is coming to you. He is humble, riding on a donkey, riding on a donkey's, he is riding on a donkey's coat. That is Zechariah chapter 9, verse 9. The two disciples did as Jesus, as Jesus commanded. We know that this was actually Peter and John. They did as Jesus commanded. They brought the donkey and the colt to him and threw, they threw their garments over the colt and he sat, he sat on it. Okay? He sat on it. Most of the crowd spread their garments on the road ahead of him and others cut branches from the trees and spread them on the ground. Jesus was in the center, the center of the procession. And the people all around him were shouting, Praise God for the son of David. Hosanna! Hosanna! That was what they were shouting. Praise God! Praise God for the son of David. Blessings on the one who comes in the name of the Lord. Praise God in the highest heaven. Hosanna in the highest heavens, okay? You find this in the book of Psalms, Psalm 118, okay? Prophesied already that the Messiah was going to do it, was going to do this. Psalm 118, verse 25 to 26, 
You find this also in Psalm 148, verse 1. The entire city of Jerusalem was in an uproar as he entered. Who is this? they asked. And the crowds replied, It's Jesus, the prophet from Nazareth in Galilee. Okay? So you see, their revelation of him was still that he was just like one of the prophets that they have seen. Um, but compared to the likes of Jeremiah and Isaiah and Zechariah and Zephaniah, these prophets was doing miracles. He was doing miracles. Okay, so you put him in the mode of the likes of Elijah and Elisha. Okay, so after that, Jesus enters the temple. Jesus entered the temple and began to drive out all the people buying and selling animals for sacrifice. That's why I said during this period, the rich religion was, was easier for the rich. It was because why? They had enough money to buy and sell and the money to both buy and sell animals, but more money to buy, right? They bought the best animals in the market so they could offer the best sacrifices in the market. And then, of course, the Levites themselves, the priests themselves, look forward to a rich man coming. When a poor man comes, he comes with, he brings his turtle doves and his, and his, and his flower to offer before God. How will man of God eat that one? <laughs> so they looked forward to rich men coming who will bring the cow, who will bring the lambs, and will bring the ram. Amen. So Jesus entered the temple and began to drive out all the people buying and selling animals for sacrifice. He knocked over the tables of the money changers and the chairs of those selling doves. Where, why will money changers be needed in the temple? Okay, so maybe for change, okay, money for change, but I would also think money um, like your bureau de change. So in other words, people that came from, from different parts of the world that came with their own, uh, their own currencies could exchange them into what they could use to buy and sell in the market. This was now a full marketplace, whereas this was supposed to be the temple of God. He says the money changers, the tables of the money changers and the chairs of those selling doves. He said to them, <laughs> you know what I just saw? He said, and the chairs of those selling those. In other words, these were more targeting. They are targeting the poor, right? <laughs> the rich man was not going to buy a dove. Yes, he was not going to buy a dove to come and offer. It's too small. <laughs> it's too small to, 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 make, to match his status. So the doves were for the poor people. And of course, this was targeting, targeting poor, poor people, the poor. Naturally, you have more of them. He said to them, he said to them, the scripture declares my temple will be called a house of prayer, but you have turned you, but you have turned it into a den of thieves. Jeremiah chapter 7 verse 11, Isaiah chapter 56 verse 7, you have turned it into a den of thieves. The blind and the lame came to, the, to him in the temple. And he heals them. For the first time, people came into the temple and received their healing in the temple. Okay? The blind and the lame came to him in the temple and he healed them. The leading priests and the teachers of religious law did not care about that. Too. They did, 
the leading priests and the, and the teachers of religious law saw these wonderful miracles and had even the children in the temple shouting, Praise God, Hosanna for the son, the son of David. But the leaders were indignant. They asked Jesus, Do you hear what these children are saying? Do you hear what these children are saying? Yes, Jesus replied, Haven't you ever read the scriptures? For they say, so what scriptures was Jesus talking about? This is the Old Testament. In other words, by the time Jesus was around, the Old Testament is fully funded, okay, fully on ground. Okay, it was fully on ground. You see Jesus many times refer, haven't you read the scripture? Haven't you read the scripture? The Pentateuch were fully on ground. Many of the writings, you know, at First Chronicles, Second Chronicles, you know, those that talk about the history, First Kings, Second Kings, they were fully on ground. He said, "Haven't you ever read the scriptures? For they say, the scriptures say, uh, you have taught children and infants to give you praise. God has taught children and infants to give him praise." Psalm eight, verse two. Then he returned to Bethany, Bethany, where he stayed overnight. Next, Jesus will cause the fig tree in the morning as Jesus was returning to Jerusalem. So he went to Jerusalem, returned to Bethany, and then returned back to, sorry, returned back to Bethany. And then in the morning, he's going back to Jerusalem. As Jesus was returning <clears throat> to Jerusalem, he was hungry. And he noticed a fig tree beside the road. He went over to see if there were any figs, but there were only leaves. Then he said to it, may you never, may you never bear fruit again. And immediately the fig tree withered up. Immediately the, tree, the fig tree withered up. In other words, it died immediately. Well, if you saw the tree, it was still looking like it was still alive, right? Aha. But it was only a matter of time. It's dying. The disciples were amazed when they saw this. Okay, so if you read the parallel, it wasn't straightforward like this. It was when they returned, they saw the fig tree. Okay, so the disciples were amazed when they saw this and asked, How did the fig tree wither so quickly? Then Jesus told them, I tell you the truth, if you have faith and don't doubt, you can do things like this and much more. If you have faith and don't doubt. So, what does the devil try to do? He tries to add a, some doubts to our faith. Jesus says, if you have faith and don't doubt, you can do things like this. So, as a child of God, as a minister of God, yours is to ensure that you are standing in faith. Don't allow any doubts. Don't allow any doubts. How do you do that? Keep your gaze on God. He is more than able. He can do what is what you are asking him for. Keep your gaze on God. The devil will be trying to get you to, to put your focus on the situation and the severity of the situation and how the situation is not working and how you know people will soon start talking. As soon as you start paying attention to that, I'm telling you doubts will begin to creep in. Jesus says, if you have faith and don't doubt, you can do things like this and much more. You can even say to this mountain, may you be lifted up and thrown into the sea. 
and it will happen. It will happen, and this is very tricky. Jesus says it will happen. How do you stop that doubt from that from that kind of a situation? You have told the mountain be moved and be cast into the sea. The mountain is not moving. Jesus says it will happen. It will happen means that you don't know the time. It will happen. Sometimes you see Jesus prayed for people instantly. They were healed. Other times he prayed for them. The Bible will say in the same hour they were healed. Okay, so we need to learn this subtle dimension to this thing of how faith works. Okay, faith is not praying and then waiting until the thing changes. No, the word has gone forth. Allow God be the one to determine the timing of what will happen. Yours is to pray. Yours is to pray. Yours is to call on God. Jesus says, and it will happen, verse 22. You can pray for anything, and if you have faith, you will receive it. If you have faith, anything you pray for, you can receive. Next, the authority of Jesus is challenged. When Jesus returned to the temple and began teaching, the leading priests and elders came up to him. They demanded, by what authority are you doing all these things? Who gave you the right? Because they were so dumbfounded. He has results. And the way he is teaching, they have never taught like that before. By what authority? What authority are you doing these things? Who gave you the right? I tell you by what authority I do these things. If you answer one question, Jesus replied, did John's authority to baptize come from heaven or was it merely human? If they were sincere, they would just answer a quick Peacefully, easily, we didn't believe it came from heaven. Simple. And then Jesus would have had to answer their question. But they talked it over among themselves. Themselves. If we say it was from heaven, it will, I don't know why they, they felt they knew that Jesus was going to ask them this. Because they were almost like okay, projecting into the future. And they were planning, okay, if he says this, uh, we'll answer this. If he says this, we'll answer this. If we say it was from heaven, he will ask us why we didn't believe John. But if we say it was merely human, we will be mobbed, <laughs> the people, because the people believed John was a prophet. So they finally replied, we don't know. And Jesus responded, then I won't tell you by what authority I do these things. Why? Because then it would not have mattered. It didn't matter what by what authority he was doing what he was doing. As long as they did not believe John, who was not doing any miracle anyway, there was no way they would have believed in Jesus. Hallelujah. Let's, let's read the parable of the two sons. And I love this parable. I love it. I love it very, so much. I teach my son this severally. See, by what do you, but what do you think about this? A man with two sons told the older boy, son, go out and walk in the vineyard. The son answered, no, no, I won't go. But later changed his mind and went anyway, went anyway. Then the father told the, the other son, the younger one, you go and you go. And he said, yes, sir, I will. But he didn't go. Which of the two obeyed? is father so i'm telling you i am very 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 careful with because oftentimes our own interpretation would have been the boy that told him yes i'm going 
is the one that obeyed him. It looks like that is the one that obeyed him. But ultimately, their actions spoke louder than the words that they were using. Even though this son said, I won't go. His actions spoke louder than his words. So we want to be very, very careful. We want to be very, very careful here that we are not negating our words with our action. Hallelujah. It says then Jesus, Jesus explained his meaning. They replied the first, right? They replied the first and Jesus explained, they explained his, the meaning. Now, so in this part, I wish we were studying this, this morning, there are manuscripts actually here that reads the second. Okay. And there are manuscripts that read the first. Yes. So it depends on how you are answering this question and myself and my wife used to have uh, this quarrel on our not quarrel now just a you know, strong argument on how to our questions are asked okay so if you look at the two the question is which of the two obeyed his father obviously it was the one that said i am not going ultimately at the end right <laughs> So then Jesus explained this meaning, I tell you the truth, corrupt, uh, corrupt tax collectors and prostitutes will get into the kingdom of God before you do. For John the Baptist came, in other words, he's still referring to that question <laughs> that he didn't answer. For John the Baptist came and showed you the right way to live, but you didn't believe him while tax collectors and prostitutes did. And, when, and even when you saw this happening, you refused to believe him. And repent of your sins. Amen. Alright, let's read the parable of the evil farmer. And I think this is the last parable for today. It says that now listen to another story. A certain landowner planted a vineyard, built a wall around it, dug a pit for pressing out the grape juice, and built a lookout tower. Then he leased the vineyard to tenant farmers and moved to another country. At the time of the grape harvest, he sent his servant to collect his share of the crop. But the farmers grabbed his servant, beat one, killed one, and stoned another. So the landowner sent a larger crowd of his servants to collect for him. But the results were the same. Finally, the landowner sent his son, thinking, surely they will respect my son. But when the tenant farmer saw his son coming, they said to one another, Here comes the heir to this estate. Come on, let's kill him and get the estate for ourselves. So they grabbed him, dragged him out of the vineyard and, mur vineyard and murdered him. When the owner of the vineyard returns, Jesus asks, What do you think he will do to these farmers? <laughs> the religious leaders replied, "He will put the the one answering the question. He will put the wicked men to a horrible death, and lease the vineyard to others who will give him his share of the crop after each harvest." Then Jesus asked them, "Didn't you ever read this in the scriptures? You see that Jesus always referred. Didn't you read the scriptures? Didn't you read the scriptures? Because he was referring to the scriptures." The Hebrew scriptures, okay, that were already present at this time. Didn't you ever read this in the scriptures? The stone that the builder rejected has now become the cornerstone. Uh, this is the Lord's doing and it is wonderful 
it is wonderful in our sight. Psalm 118 verse 22 and 23 i tell you the kingdom of god will be taken away from you and given to a nation that will produce the proper fruit you see why the kingdom has, of god has been taken away from the nation of israel now jesus told them the kingdom of god will be taken away from you and given to a nation that will produce the proper fruit the nation is the gentile nations anyone who stumbles over that stone will be broken to pieces and it will crush anyone it falls on when the leading priests and the Pharisees heard this parable, they realized he was telling the story about against them. They were the wicked farmers. <laughs> they wanted to arrest him, but they were afraid of the crowds who considered Jesus to be a prophet. Hallelujah. All right, so let's draw our lessons. Our lessons. I pray for you this morning. The kingdom of God will not be taken away from you. In other words, you will be productive. You will be productive when it comes to the kingdom of God in the mighty name of Jesus. But our lessons this morning from these wicked, will I call them wicked tenant farmers, is that they were so abhorrent, they were so uncaring, they were not willing to walk on the vineyard and return something to the landowner. We must be careful that what has been delivered to us is not unproductive. We must be productive in the word of God. Hallelujah. Next lesson from the, the two sons. It is not enough to just say your actions must match your word. Of course, the best would have been to, been the, to have been the one who said, Father, yes, I go. And then you go. Okay. But if we are going to choose one, we will choose the son who maybe stood his father to the face and said, I'm not going anywhere. I am not going anywhere. But still went, did exactly as his father did. Your fruits will tell us who you are. Jesus actually tells us that by their fruits, by their fruits, you will know them. And I'm praying for you this morning that your fruits will show that you are a child of God. In the mighty name of Jesus. Last lesson. Jesus says, if you have faith, if you have faith and you do not doubt, you can say to mountains. I want you to begin to speak to mountains around you. Mountains that are obstructing your going forward. Mountains that are limiting you. Or they might even be valleys that need to be filled. Valleys, deep gullies that are literally obstruction to your path of moving forward. Begin to speak to them this morning. Don't doubt. Don't doubt. Father, I believe this morning you will supply all our needs. I believe this morning that that school fees will be paid. I believe this morning, Lord, that I will be healed. I believe this morning that that child will be restored. We give you all the praise, precious Lord. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. Amen. All right. Thank you so much for listening today. God bless you. Enjoy your day.